Hello everyone! Welcome to the Gems Podcast. I am so glad you all are here. Welcome everyone. Today we are so lucky to be joined by Dr. Danielle Chum, who is a molecular science liaison. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, to start off, do you me. mind? <laughs> to start off, do you mind telling me a little bit about yourself? Oh yeah. Um, as you said, just once again, thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Uh, my name is Danielle Chum. I am originally from Ghana, West Africa, um, and I currently work as a molecular science liaison for a cancer diagnostics company. I have my bachelor's uh, in biology from Vassar College in Poughkeepsie, New York, and I have a PhD in cancer immunology from the University of Buffalo. So what kind of drew you into cancer immunology or STEM as a whole? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, good question. Uh, so I've always loved science. Um, I was one of those kids who was always asking questions. And I was very lucky that I had a family that did not um, tell me to keep quiet. Um, so my family really cultivated my love for science and pushed me. Um, going into cancer immunology, that was a, that was a, that was like a meandering path. Um, because I actually went to college with the intent of becoming a medical doctor. And I, you know, I was taking all the pre-med classes, doing all the requirements. And then I took one class with Professor Jody Schwartz. It was a bioinformatics class. And that just literally changed the course of my entire life. It was actually kind of wild. Um, and so I did summer research with Jody that summer. I was a sophomore. And Jody was studying um, coral bleaching, which is what happens when corals lose their color. And she was using sea anemones, which is where Nemo you know, lived. And I was like, oh yeah, I love Nemo. I could do this. <laughs> so yeah, I fell in love with understanding coral bleaching. And I told Jody, I'm gonna become a scientist. I don't wanna become a medical doctor anymore. I like you know, teasing apart questions. And Judy said, no, no, that's really nice that you want to follow in my footsteps, but I think you like science in my lab. How about science in general? Like, how about research in general? Do you really like research in general? So she challenged me to apply to something else the next summer. So that would, that would be my junior year summer. And she asked me, what else are you interested in? And I said, well, I've always been interested in cancer. I unfortunately lost my uncle to a brain tumor when he was really young. You know, and I feel like a lot of people in cancer have this kind of same story um, where you have a family member, a loved one who succumbed to this horrible disease. So she said, sure, apply to a cancer summer program. I was like, yeah, totally, going to. <laughs> but I'm going to go and I'm going to come back and I'm going to study CNMAs. <laughs> um, so I went to Roswell Park Cancer Institute uh, for their summer program and it was phenomenal. I had a great time. I learned so much. I made lifelong friends that I'm still friends with today. And it's been almost 10 years, like what, eight years, yeah. Or even more, actually. Um, and so I came back and I looked at Jody and I said, hey girl, listen, I'm gonna have to leave you behind. <laughs> and so, yeah, and that's how I got into cancer. The immunology part, I was put in the Department of Immunology understanding how the immune system fights against cancer that's it's just so fascinating um and that's 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 how it happened 
So last week we had the opportunity to talk with Dr. Tammy Goulet, who is uh -huh. a marine biologist. That I know Tammy, yeah. And so she kind of told us a little bit about coral bleaching as well, which was super interesting. So Fun fact, Tammy and Jody know each other. So oh. yeah. <laughs> I, be, I bet it's, you know, a community of it is a small world of coral researchers. But yeah, I met because Tammy is a triple AS event ambassador. And when I met her in Dallas last year, we were talking about, you know, her research. And I was like, oh, I did research at Vassar. And she's like, oh, who was your professor? And I said, oh, Jody Schwartz. She's like, oh, yeah, I meet her at conference all the time. I was like, oh, man, the world is way too small. Yes, absolutely. So what was your doctoral research on in mm. cancer immunology? Mm, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, I do a great job of explaining that in this um, video on YouTube. It's, uh, I, did, I took part in this thing called a three-minute thesis competition where they challenged us to talk about our thesis work in under three minutes without any scientific jargon. Yeah. And uh, I thought I did it and I, I won second place and I got $750, which was awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what I studied in my undergraduate, I mean, not my undergraduate, of course, I always love talking about corals. Uh, but no, what I studied in grad school, I studied these switches in uh, cells. Uh, so your immune system, did you know anything about your immune system? A little bit. <laughs> what do you know? Tell, okay, so what do you know? Tell me, tell me, tell me. I mean, the immune system is kind of what we use to fight off infection or disease. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. uh, maybe you can hear a little bit, but my voice somehow slipped away from me this weekend. So oh, my immune system oh. must be in Why effect right now. <laughs> oh, I hope you feel better soon. That's rough. Um, yeah, so your immune system is actually divided into two parts. I always, I like to think of it as like the left hand and the right hand. If you're a right hand dominant, think of it as if you can't lift something with your right hand, your left hand comes and helps. And if you're a left hand dominant, same thing. So your immune system is bro broken into two. You have the innate immune response and the adaptive immune response. And the innate immune response is your first line of defense against any disease. They are made up of cells such as macrophages and neutrophils, um, and they are, at the forefront of any um, disease. What if anything, if anything tries to infect you, they mount the first response. And then if it becomes too much, they bring in um, re reinforcements, also known as the adaptive immune system, T cells, B cells, um, which produce antibodies. And then they come and also come help stuff out. That's why I said the analogy of right hand, left hand. If your right hand can't do it, your left hand can help. Um, so what we know in cancer is that for some reason, there is this conversation that happens between cancer cells and immune cells, especially innate immune cells, um, cells known as macrophages. Their name roughly translates into big eater because that's how they actually kill cells. They eat things. Do you know this? If you know this, let me know. I can stop. <laughs> no, please keep. I'm interested. Keep going. Oh, great. Uh, so yeah, macrophages eat cells. That's how they kill stuff. Um, they, they ingest it and then just tear it apart and throw it away. Um, so for some reason, there's a conversation that happens between cancer cells and macrophages where 
Macrophages don't actually eat cancer cells to get rid of them. They actually start helping cancer cells grow. They start having this, developing this kind of friendship that involves like an exchange of resources. And it's really awful because that's not what they're supposed to do. <laughs> so what I was studying was whether, so macrophages are really interesting because they're, they're known as plastic. They're very plastic. If you put them um, in an environment, they can switch to adapt to the environment. That's what you call plasticity, is the ability to go from left to right, up, down, that kind of thing. Um, and so what contributes to their plasticity are these switches. They're called transcription factors, but I just think of them as switches. And macrophages are able to turn on off switches depending on where you put them, like little ballerinas kind of thing, like, you know, doing their own thing. So I was studying whether I could manipulate macrophages by messing with their switches. So they would actually kill the cancer cell instead of become friends with the cancer cell. So that's what I was doing in grad school. <laughs> well, that's super interesting. I, I was reading some of like your research and your goals of how to explain, you know, your research or the things that you're looking into uh -huh. to you know, a kindergartner, someone who doesn't know the word macrophages, but you can use, you know, a different type of word mm. to kind of uh, build that yeah. understanding. No, that's yeah. super interesting. Um, so like, you're talking about kind of like your immune system. And I think that one thing is like antibiotic resistance. That's mm. like kind of uh, maybe a hot topic or just something that has come up more recently mm -hmm. that is it's interesting to me you yeah. know does that come into your work now or was that more kind of like what you researched in your school? so antibiotics are actually anti the thing that's trying to make you sick so antibacteria anti the biome biotics biome um and i don't in cancer i didn't worry about that um but there there is research that suggests that the bacteria in your gut can contribute to how people respond to cancer treatment. So that's something that a lot of people are working on. With antibiotic resistance, what, that, what, what happens is that when you're given antibiotics to fight off a bacterial infection, if you don't finish the course, what you actually end up doing is you end up creating this cohort of bacteria that become resistant to the drug you're taking because you didn't finish taking it because you didn't hit them with the complete blitz of the dose. So now they're like, oh, you only gave us half? Well, guess what? Here we are, stronger than ever, and then you gotta take more. So that comes into play with infectious diseases. Um, I, didn't, I didn't study infectious diseases at all. I was just purely cancer, um, yeah. <laughs> so in your work now, um, have you had to look into the coronavirus or I guess, if you haven't, like how has the pandemic affected your career? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I don't, um, I'm back working in cancer. I took a break from cancer after graduate school. I went to work with magnetic levitation, which is like a whole other chapter of my life, which if I write a book at some point, I'm gonna talk about that because it's really neat. Um, no, my current job is, is a, I work for a cancer diagnostics company. So let's see. So you know you're unique, right? You have your DNA, you're very unique, I'm very unique by my DNA. It's the same thing for our tumors. But our tumor, if you, if, if you get cancer, your tumor is unique to you. 
and what the tumors have. I like to think of them, you know how clothes have tags on them? And then you take them, it's like, oh, polyester 30%, cotton 20%. Tumors also have that. They have X, they have this 20%, they have this 50%. They call them biomarkers, which makes a tumor very unique. And what my company does is we take the tumor and then we tell you basically your clothing tag, like, hey, this is the biomarker this tumor is expressing and this is the amount. And then we give you a drug suggestion um, for what can be used to um, kill it. What I do is I'm between the doctors who order um, our product and the company. So if the doctor has any questions about why a certain biomarker was seen or um, why a certain drug association was made, that's where I step in and explain why we did some, some of these things based on scientific literature, of course. So I haven't had to deal with the coronavirus. Um, I actually switched jobs during the pandemic um because this job came and i was like oh this is a great opportunity i'm ready for the next level my job is fully remote now if um if the pandemic hadn't happened i would be going to meet doctors face to face to have these kinds of meetings and conversations lunches all of that but now everything is virtual and um it's taken a lot of discipline to work from home <laughs> we're doing it we're doing it i mean yeah, I'm sure you can speak to how much discipline it takes to work to you know do whatever you're doing from home. So yes, so um, my school is half and half. Some are virtual and some aren't, but I'm at home. So. Person? Uh, some people are in person, but I decided to stay home. So yeah, I mean, I, I get it. Some people, you know, their parents are essential workers, and their parents just can't be home. Um, it's just it's an, it's a it's a mess. It's it's horrible horrible i hate i hate this pandemic i want it to go away <laughs> absolutely agree so um i guess so essentially your day-to-day -day operations consist of zoom calls or yeah. do you do other research with your company is there some type of other operations that you're mm -hmm. a part of yeah so um just like the meetings are just one part of it i um, I'm part of like a disease group. I'm a disease group specialist. So I do um, gynecological cancers like ovarian cancer, uterine cancers. I'm supposed to know everything about ovarian cancers and uterine cancers. Um, and then if we have meetings with gynecologists, um, I have to be on call for that. Um, if they have any questions about how their work can merge with my company's product, I'm supposed to be on call for that. Um, we have these things called journal clubs where we present um, papers, like scientific literature that we've read that we think are interesting. Um, do you, I, 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 you know, I only know my calendar when they put stuff on it. I, um, it's just, apart from meetings, you know, I have to study on my own to stay abreast of the literature. Um, so that that is also something I do. But yeah, most of my job is just one call after the other, you know, giving expertise or learning. I learn a lot. Um, we have seminars that are always teaching us. So yeah, it's, it's very, <laughs> it's varied. <laughs> and so in your career professional path, and even in your educational um, path, have you seen an apparent uh, gap between male and females or um, faced obstacles in that kind of realm? <laughs> Yeah, um, I think 
my current company, interestingly, uh, for all the MSLs, there's a lot of women, which is really cool because we have our own like group chat too, um, where we talk about anything we're facing. Um, but I have noticed that as you go higher and higher up, you see less and less women um, in higher up positions. And it's unfortunate because the system makes it so that women feel like they have to sacrifice upward mobility in their professional career for in order to have a private life or to have like a personal life, which is awful. Um, we should be able to have it all. Men can do it. Why not? Um, and we try, but you know, the, the world hasn't changed. The world hasn't caught up. It's changing, which is pretty awesome. Um, I was in a lab in graduate school. There was only one boy and there were probably four girls. So I was very lucky to be in a lab like that. Some labs were not like that. Um, but it's, it's changing. I think what I've noticed is that it's changing. The more people learn about STEM and the different um, avenues and careers available to you once you have a STEM degree. But um, yeah, it's my, my life definitely has been different. I went to a very liberal arts school. Vassar is very in, like insistent on keeping the ratios the same. Um, but yeah, you notice when you talk to C-suite executives that they're more men than women and it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not good. We need to fix that. <laughs> and you were talking about coming from Ghana mm. and coming to the U.S. for your school or was there like your family, did your family migrate here? Yeah, it was an agreement I made with my dad <laughs> that I would finish senior high school in Ghana and move to the U.S. Um, my dad went to college in the U.S. and stayed here um, and worked and lived. So he said all he asked is that I go to college in the U.S. and then after that do whatever I want to do with my life. All I had to do was finish college. So yeah, I, I moved here uh, officially when I, uh, oh my god, was it 13 years ago or something like that? Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I took a year off, which was great after high school. So it's something you recommend? Oh, absolutely take that year off. Um, it might seem like you're staying behind, but you have your whole life to be successful. So why don't you just take a year off to just figure yourself out? Travel if you want, work and save more money for school, anything. My sister got a baking certification when she took her year off. So she can make, like my sister can bake really, really well. Um, I know she can even make wedding cakes, um, which, how many people could just like casually say, oh, I could make a wedding cake for you. Um, so yeah, I took a year off. I took that year off. I taught um, in a rural school in Ghana. I, um, when I moved to the US, I waited until, you know, I, I was waiting for my green card to come in. It came in and I started actually working at Sears. Um, I don't know if you, yeah, I worked at Sears as a pricing associate, which was the job that, um, you know, you always see this is like the science has 40% off, 30% off. They're actual humans. I thought elves did that. Um, apparently humans do that. And so that was my job was just changing the prices on things. Um, and it was a great introduction into American society because I got to see regular people come to the mall, shop, see all these different facets of this new country that I had moved to. So I, I, that was a very valuable experience for sure. And so what other experiences, I guess, during your education, such as internships, or like you mentioned, your lab work, um, were there other internships other than the cancer, I guess, was it cancer research? 
Yeah. So yeah, it was a summer summer research program at Roswell Park. Yeah. So I um my I think my 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 freshman summer I took it off because I and that's something that everyone should know. If you want to do an internship, start looking in the fall semester. Um, don't wait until the spring because some of the deadlines are in January um, for all, a lot of these things or even in December. Um, and I didn't know that. I wish someone had told me that because my freshman summer, by the time I was done with freshman, I was like, oh, I want an internship. And they're like, no, girl, you should have applied a long time ago. Um, so I took my freshman summer off. I, I think I came to California to visit my sister and then um, because now I knew, I applied to, so Vassar has its own summer program. And that's how I worked with Jody my sophomore year summer. And then um, junior year, I went and I applied to Roswell Park and then I got in. And so I did that. And then senior year, I got into graduate school very early, um, which is also a really weird story. If you ask me, I'll tell you. If you don't ask me, I won't tell you. <laughs> no, go ahead, yes. <laughs> So when I, this is where the value of internships is very important because um, your question was a great one. When I finished my summer program at Roswell Park, I, we had a poster session, which is part of the course for every summer program. When you're done, you have to do a poster session and defend your poster and also give a talk. So I was at my poster and um, this lady approached me and asked me, oh, what did you do this summer? So, you know, I start waxing lyrical. I did this, I did that, I looked at kidney cancers and all of this good stuff. And the lady asked me what my plans were after college. And I said, oh, I'm going to take another year off. <laughs> I'm, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take a year off. I'm going to work as a lab tech, chill, you know, figure my life out. And the lady said, oh, no, I think you should apply to graduate school. I was like, oh, no, PhD is a lot of work. And she said, okay, well, here's my card. Um, let me know if you ever think of coming here for graduate school. I was like, oh, yeah, thanks, girl. I appreciate that. So she leaves. I don't, I don't even look at the card. I just put it in my bag because I'm caught up in the excitement of the poster session. So I go home. I, I go back to the dorms where we were living at. And I pull out the card and she was the director of admissions. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow, wow, okay, sweet, great. Um, so I go back to college for my senior year and Jody and I are talking about my, um, my life, you know, what next. And that's the one thing I love about Jody was that Jody dreamed for me. She dreamed further for me. She saw what I could be in 10 years. And everyone needs people like that. You don't want people who just want you to succeed in the short term. You want people who want to see your future and then push you towards it. So I told Jodi I wanted to do, you know, cancer research. Um, she's like, well, there's a lot of programs. Uh, what are you looking at? And I said, well, this lady came to my poster. She seemed really nice. She's from Roswell Park. She gave me her card. And she's like, well, send her an email. Tell her you'd like to visit um, and, you know, talk more about the program. So I emailed the lady. Her name is Dr. Elizabeth Rapaski. And um, as you can tell, there's a thread of women in my life that have changed things. I emailed Dr. Rapaski and I said, oh, hey, girl, can I come visit? <laughs> I literally 
But I really enjoyed our conversation. I'm thinking of applying to Roswell Park. Can I just come for a brief visit to see what being a grad student is like? Because I didn't know what that meant. I mean, I'm in college. I didn't know what that entailed, which is something I would highly recommend to anyone. If you're thinking of graduate school, write to anybody and say, can I come visit? Because you want to see what the life is like. You don't want to just jump into it. So I, you know, I'm on my way there. I took the train. I love the train. I took the train there. Um, and they sent me like an itinerary. And I was like, it's a visit. Y'all look crazy. <laughs> so I don't want to do too much. But it was like, oh, you're going to meet this person for 30 minutes. So I looked up all the people whose names I was supposed to meet. I looked up their work, came up with some questions. What did I know? I didn't know anything. <laughs> uh, so I go. And this was in um, November. This was right before Thanksgiving. Um, so I go, I have a visit. I meet all these people that they wanted me to meet. I, you know, they take me out to dinner. I'm like, yeah, Indian food. Um, <laughs> I love, I love food. Uh, so and the next day I go to Dr. Patsy's office. I'm like, yo, girl, I love your program. This is, I didn't say it like that. But <laughs> I said, you know, I had a wonderful time. This was great. I'm definitely going to apply here. And she said, awesome, because we also want to offer you a position here. And I was like, wait, what? She's like, oh, it was an interview that we did to you yesterday. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, wow. Yeah, she's like, yeah, they were impressed. You asked questions about your research. And I was like, oh, so, you know, the nugget here is if you're given an opportunity pretend is the only opportunity you're going to get because apparently you can get into grad school like that. So I got into grad school in November when most people would get into grad school in March. Um, it was awful because it made finishing college really hard. <laughs> so I, was, I was checked out. I was like, oh, done. Uh, but yeah, so that's how I got into graduate school. Well, so as a senior, I mm -hmm. did not expect senioritis to hit this hard. So hard. <laughs> But I'll find out in less than two weeks where I will be attending college. And so I know once it hits that point, I'm done. Like I'm so excited for you. Oh, I would do college all over again if I could. I really would. It was a lovely time. I'm sure you're going to be great. What schools yeah. are you applying to? Are you want to talk about that on here? Oh, yeah, no. Um, so I applied to the University of Georgia and mm -hmm. Georgia Tech. Okay. Um, so in... The state of Georgia, we have a scholarship program through mm -hmm. the lottery, and okay. it pays for like 95% of our tuition. So I decided to stay in state just because of that. Yeah. And I'm a military kid, so I also get some you know, aid with that. That's right. So I oh. wanted to go to undergrad as cheap as possible, and I think that those two options are going to allow me to do that. Um, that's, lovely. that's a lovely plan. Yes, and, and doing these doing these talks, I'm I'm very impressionable. I don't know what I want to do. Um, I know I want to do something uh, with STEM, uh -huh. and so when I talk to women like you, and I think maybe two weeks ago I talked to Dr. Ritu Raman. Both mm -hmm. um, you are influencing me, you know, in so <laughs> many different directions of what I'm gonna do and what I'm gonna be. So. Um, Oh, Ritu's lovely. Yeah, Ritu always makes me want to go to MIT, but I'm like, oh, girl, no. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> she's excellent. I love her. She's amazing. Yes. Um, so you were talking about all these amazing women. You're talking about some that pushed you to be, you know, where you are now. So if you had the opportunity to sit down with one woman in STEM for lunch, you know, she can be alive or not, who yeah. would that woman be? Katherine Johnson, hands down. Like, is that even a question? Oh, oh my God. Sick. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think when she died, I took it really hard. I, I'm like, you don't even know her. No, she's like, she's not your family member, but she changed the game. I mean, Katherine Johnson just, she came up with the math to make a man orbit the earth. I don't, when I think about how much intelligence that requires, I just, I just get chills and I want to hear her experience as a black woman in this predominantly white male space where people would steal, you know, your work, take credit for what you've done and how she persevered. And because sometimes things happen in my life and I just want to throw myself on the floor and cry. I'm like, what would Katherine Johnson do? She does. I mean, I'm sure she cries at some point, but, you know, she got up and, you know, got herself together. And I would love to hear her stories. And it's unfortunate that it took so long for people to give her her flowers, but they eventually did um, with that movie, Hidden Figures, and with her winning, I think she won the Presidential Medal of Freedom. I think she got that too, I'm not sure. But she got a Presidential Medal. But yeah, um, you know, I hope if she comes back or if there's an afterlife, I can sit down with her with a nice little mojito and be like, hey girl, tell me everything. <laughs> most, most women, when I ask that question, I think we have a five minute pause of just to reflect on like the, you know, multitude of women. And you're like, nope, I got it. You know? Oh yeah, she's, she's, she's that girl. Katherine Johnson is, she's everything. And I just, uh, you know, as a black woman, I, I go through life differently. Um, the times have changed now. Things are a little better compared to then. So I don't know, I would love to hear how she, kept true to herself, even though the outside world didn't want her to succeed. It's, it's I think it'd be, be a great lesson to pull out whenever I'm feeling down, so yeah. Well, I guess the last question I have for you is, what is the best piece of advice you've been given or you would give to girls looking into pursuing a career similar to yours or a career in STEM? I'd like to, tell anyone who wants to go a girl any girl who wants to go into career in stem that don't let fear push you into decisions you always have enough time to take a pause and then make the decision it's okay you don't have to rush um and people will try to tell you you don't belong and listen let it go through one ear canal and out the other ear canal don't internalize it that's them that's on them. You absolutely belong in any way, shape, or form you're in. Bring your authentic self to the table and in the end, have fun. Uh, I mean, the day won't come back again. So if you have it, have fun along the way. Because sometimes I look back and I didn't have fun when I should have. And I, I regret that. So have fun. Have fun. Yeah. But you absolutely belong and don't let fear. Don't let fear push you away from your dreams at all. Well, thank you. You're so much fun. So I don't, I don't know what room you were in where you weren't having fun because this has been a lot of fun. Oh, no, thank you. No, there are some days where I was 
it's like oh there's so much going on I can't do it um but when you think about the fact that you never get these minutes back you have to seize it right absolutely yeah Thank you all for listening. If you have any questions or comments, you can contact us through Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Colgagems. You can also reach us through email. Our email is colgagems at gmail.com. That is C-O-L-G-A-G-E-M-S. And I'll see y'all next time.